In this month's Business Leaders podcast, Alan Hooks is joined by Christy Foster, Chief Executive of Independent Nursery Retailer Online for Baby. In this episode, Christy discusses running a family business, the importance of being able to adapt, and the strengths of being a neurodivergent business leader. Christy, welcome to Business Leaders Podcast and really delighted to have you join us today and thank you very much for taking the time out to speak to us. Yeah, it's lovely speaking to yourself as well. I'm really looking forward to talking about my journey. Great. And there's tons to talk about, Chris. There really is. And we'll get on a little bit later to talk about online for baby, your business, and nonetheless, a business that's a fast-growing e-commerce business across the UK. We'll talk about your team a little bit, how you've grown and scaled the business. But firstly, it'd be great to learn some more about you and your background. We speak to many entrepreneurs, and some of them don't regard themselves as either business people or entrepreneurs. But I'd say, Christy, you're a little bit different in a sense that it feels like you've been an entrepreneur from a really young age. You've been buying, selling goods in your teenage years. That's led you to establishing your own business with your sister. Just tell us a little bit more about those early years, Christy, if you will. Well, I was a young 13-year-old girl coming from a one-parent family. It was a very difficult upbringing with not a lot of money. Even though we didn't have a lot of money, we have a very highly academic family. So five of my members went to Cambridge and they all got three places and my auntie's one of the top people at Mensa and basically you know the expectation to go to university was very high and naturally through school I just really struggled so my mum needed to pay the bills because she wasn't really good with money and I just knew I needed to help her so I came up with a really good idea. I got a little job in the morning and I got a little job at night and I pretended to be 16 when I was 13. I was always very tall. I'm six foot now. And I earned £10 a day on the markets, packing up and locking up, as well as walking three or four miles there every day and back just because I wanted to save my bus fare. And literally... I saved up £500 and I came up with the idea up to Christmas in the September to put an advert in the Manchester Evening News. Naturally, nobody would take a 13-year-old child seriously. So my mum was the front of the business for me and I decided to sell costume jewellery in lovely gift boxes from Cheatham Hill. And basically, I got seven lovely ladies from in the big factories around Manchester and that's how it used to be. And there was a lot to sell in the break times. And literally in the 16 week up to Christmas, I achieved about £16,500. And in that, I paid them 33% commission. And I still had enough profit to buy my mum a Fiat Uno because she couldn't afford to buy a car, which was about just under £7,000 all them years ago. And that was my first experience and also trying to help my mum with hen's meat, really. That's incredible, Christy, really incredible. And in terms of your education and your schooling, did that, in your mind, take a back seat? Were you really driven by that entrepreneurial spirit and that business leader in you? Well, at school, I was very popular. I was super, super sporty. So naturally, I played county hockey, county netball. I was a fell runner. Basically, I was the relay. I was a harrier. So basically, the headmistress was head of sports, So I ended up really lucky. So I never got a bad report because I always won the medals for the school. And if they needed something to do something, they just got me to do it. Because I wasn't a natural long jumper at school. But because I was such a fast runner, I got put in for the long jump and I won a medal as well. So I think I had a happy time at school. It wasn't a bad time. And I was put in what I call the top class. And then I struggled to read. And then they moved me to what they used to call the dunce class, which is not even heard of now. And then they moved me to the middle class. So... 
I think what it was is it didn't know what to do with me because I was really bright some days and really not the other. But I think the main problem was when I had to start to read problems in maths and, and read just in general for my English, I really started to struggle, but nobody could work out. And I think back then, nobody dealt with any kind of learning difficulties. So I was just classed as thick or they just didn't know what to do with me. Mm. And fast forward, Christy, to when you established your business, Online for Baby. How did that come about? What was the trigger to start the business? Well, naturally, I needed to help my mum financially. And my sister was four and a half years younger. She was more academic than me. And my mum said, you know, if you leave school, I lose my benefit at school as a sixth former. And I said, mum, I can't stay at sixth form. I'm not going to get any qualifications. So she said, we can only leave if you can make the money up. So I promised her I would. And that's what I did. And basically, I got a contact with Mother Care Seconds. And basically, I used to buy and sell. And I got very, very good at it. And that led me to eBay. That was the very, very start of eBay. And I went on eBay and I started to trade and I started to do really well and built up. And the funny thing is, I remember a little postman up the road. I filled his post office because I had that many parcels when I started to get bigger. And then I realized I needed a courier and I needed a business. So when I started to earn enough money for my husband, and I've been with my husband 36 years, he's been my rock through all my journey. I met him when I was 18 years old, basically. He was a site manager's electrician. He was earning £600 a week all them years ago. I asked him to come in the business and join us. And his boss thought he was crazy. And then my sister and my brother-in-law both had jobs for reasonably good companies. I just said, this is going to be really, really big. And I think we should really do it together. And that was the start of our journey. I remember about 12 months after I started, I probably got up to a couple of million, two or three million. I went to a big convention and there was a big German investment banker and he had one of the biggest companies. And if you remember, eBay 25 years ago was like Amazon now. And basically, he said to me across the table, I'm going to shut your business down in the next two years. And the funny thing is, I'm always very professional in business. And I always say to people, I've never badmouthed any business, but I'll hurt you in the pocket. And that's exactly what I did. Nearly 18 months after, I took the phone call and I bought all his stock off him and I shut him down. And that was my first experience of actually aggressive trading. And I also enjoyed it, to be honest. I'm sure you did. That competitive nature coming through, I'm sure. Let me just pick up on something you mentioned there. You said, I knew this was going to be big. You know, you were one of the highest revenue producing businesses on eBay at the time. What was it was the turning point that said, you know what, this is going to be significant for us? Well, there's so many marketplaces now, but back there, all them years ago, eBay was the only one and it was just, everyone was really liking it, getting used to it. And I think for me, my gift is strategy, problem solving, working things out. I class myself a disruptor. I think outside the box. So when I looked at things, how to trade and how to sell, I wasn't really trading like everybody else. And it was really, really working. And that's why the sales was coming in. So naturally, I thought the more I buy, the more I sell. And that's actually how it worked. Yeah. And what would you say is the uniqueness of online for baby? What's the uniqueness of both the brand in its own right and the proposition as a company? Well, I mean, just going back to the eBay thing, 10 years ago on the eBay anniversary, they announced me and the Spice Girls as man who sold spices to be two of the first eBay millionaires. So I think that was one of my proudest moments, really, as in to say, actually, I'm really good at something, you know, because when you leave school with no qualifications, I used to pretend to be confident, but it didn't mean I was confident. We can easy mask, can't we, in life? 
And I think for me, it was acknowledgement to say, actually, I'm really good at something. And I find, you know, great pride in it. But I think for me, going on to Online for Baby, because we left eBay and decided that I didn't ever want to work on any third-party websites. And I still don't to this day. I don't use Amazon. I don't use any of the others. And a lot of companies find it very addictive and find it very difficult to get off the Amazon trade. You know, it brings you a lot of revenue, but you're never going to get rich out of it. I mean, how I class myself different is I try and do different things. So I think in lockdown, when everything went really bad and the dollar was on the floor and the containers were at 16,000, everybody stopped buying and stopped shipping, even the big boys. And I was like, I'm going to do the opposite. I'm going to buy more and whoever has stock will win. And even though you're paying high for it, the customer will pay a bit more because they can't get hold of it. And actually that worked a treat. And I think as well, my UPS from a business is basically I sell more. So where everybody at the moment gets the best price and it's a race to the bottom. So the customer wins absolutely. But, you know, us as retailers or sellers, we don't have the profit. So for me, I give extra value. So I own myself a bundle queen. I mean, a lot of people are copying off my bundles now. But actually, I put what you call an everything you need package together for mums and grandparents. And I give value in that. So put a discount in that bundle. But my average selling price on my website is £150. There isn't many websites which are doing that. And they're only doing that if they've got luxury products. So I'm doing something different to everybody else. A lot of people don't get me and they don't understand. But actually, I'm not really bothered if they don't. I just have my own agenda and I just keep to that. And as long as it keeps working, then I back myself every time. And that's a key attribute of any successful entrepreneur, isn't it? To believe in themselves, even at times when others might not. And I guess the other uniqueness is the emphasis on your customers and your users of the website. Christy. It's not just about value for money. It's actually value of advice, the importance that you place of customers being at the heart of your business. Talk to me a little bit about some of the things you and your team do for your customers. Well, just in lockdown, we won the Witch Award and we didn't even try. And we've always pride ourselves on good customer services. The key is you see competitors or even people in different fields. You can't even speak to anybody these days. It takes you days to get an email back. We pride on a one-hour contact, and then we promise we will, whatever issue you've got, we will solve that in 24 hours. It's got to be something really drastic not to. And realistically, it's good contact, good service. We do a 365 exchange. As long as we still sell it, you can send it back. We're really happy about that. And I think we're building on that, and we want to be more advice. I mean, for me, the goal for Online for Baby, there is no baby experience selling channel. And I want to be that. I just don't want to sell to people. I want to be the person who comes to me because I'm giving good advice on what you really need. And being an older mom, I had twins eight years ago. And as the buyer, because even though I'm the entrepreneur leaner, I love buying. That was my thing and my passion. I pride myself on buying differently because I'm a mum myself now. And Mm. I've also prided on only buying things what I believe in as well. Yeah. Just coming back to your scaling up plan, Christy, and, and how you've grown year on year, fast heading towards a much heralded sort of 100 million turnover business. Did you have a plan when you thought about scaling up, when you thought about the fact that this is going to be big? Was there anything that you came up with in terms of a plan that could help you scale at speed? Well, at the time, you know, we went from 
7 to 14, 14 to 21, 21 to 36, 36 to 44. You know, I think the last two years was to do with COVID. Naturally, a lot of businesses in different fields had a big growth, especially online, because people couldn't shop. So that was an unnatural growth. And, you know, you're never going to get that growth like that again unless you've got serious structure. So coming out of lockdown, you know, before that, no, we didn't have a plan. It was a family business who did really well. Yes, we had a plan to sell product, but we didn't really have any top management team. And now we have a CFO, a CMO, I have advisors. And that helps the family because we're not really as structured and corporate and you need that when you get to a certain level. And that helps, you know, get our three-year plan. And that's what we've got. And coming out of lockdown, you know, it did stop a bit like a trade. You know, we had all these good times, the two years, and then naturally we got this recession talk and all this doom and gloom with the heating prices. There were so many situations going on with the interest rates and everything. So we dropped off trade, but not as bad as a lot of other people because naturally I'm networking all the time. But we've managed over the winter to get back to level and then we started to trend forward. And I think in this difficult time, I think it's very hard to trend forward. So I think we've made some adjustments. And the adjustments are is, sadly, the brands aren't giving the profit anymore. And the overheads on Google, marketing, everything has gone up astonishing. Make product has gone up astonishing. So we created our own brands and we created them through lockdown. And that is to do supply and demand. The margin is a lot higher And with my 35 years experience in baby, I've got a really good eye for product. And we've only been doing this nine months. And already, you know, we're doing 20 million on Pundla brand. It's incredible, Christy. And is there anything you've done to help you in the business by looking perhaps, you know, outside of your own market, looking at who's similarly growing, but perhaps in a completely different sector to yours, who might be disrupting as quickly as you're disrupting? Is there anything that you've bought from outside of your own market that has helped you over the years? Well, naturally, I'm always watching my competitors. But, you know, sadly, Amazon is the biggest competitor of most retailers. It isn't a retail experience, but they're incredible at what we do. They have their own delivery companies, so it's very hard to compete with that. They spend astronomical amount on marketing. So you've got to think, well, how could I do it better than Amazon? You know, all the other retailers, sadly, you know, they're deteriorating. It's a really sad situation. So a lot of business is all on marketplaces, not just Amazon as well. There's so many new marketplaces. So most people are becoming publishers or marketplaces, and it's just selling channels, which for the customer, I think, is losing that personalization. So I think that's what we want to focus on on the next three years, as in to be a real business, what really occurs. And then also, we're here to support them through this journey. And that talks to your new branding of power to the parents, which I just absolutely love, Christy. It's very much a strength of yours in terms of your leadership style of empowering others, growing an organisation with a strong team. How have you done that? How have you built that team over the years to make sure that everybody's aligned and is facing in the right direction? Well, I think it's good leaders to empower. So I've got a really good top table. What I'd say about myself being the way I am, I'm quite a loner. So I work on my own, which is not good for a, a big business. But at the same time, it's just me. So I think the people who surround me are the ones 
who work with the teams and do that. And I think it's just the way I'm made. I've got a crazy brain. I work about 5,000 miles an hour. And a lot of time, my brain thinks faster than my mind. So it's one of them. People can't cope with me. They call me the tsunami at work, you know. So I think for me, I've got so many pluses. But for me, I'm a little bit unstructured. And that's not good for a business. You know, I think the structure comes from my top team. And my sister, my sister, even though she's four and a half years younger than me, she always laughs. She says, I always put the cherry on the top. I do the easy bit. That's what she always says. You know, she's the solid, structural, calm, organizing, nurturing person. She's so solid like that. So she climbs the mountain and you put the flag on the top. Is that how it works, Christy? I don't always agree with that, but that's the analogy (laughs) she always says. But I do have to agree, but I'm very creative. That's who I am. And I love every day I get up, I smile. You know, I've got two loves in my family and my job. And it makes me happy every day. And talking about your family, you know, family businesses are all very, very unique in their own way. And many of the world's greatest businesses have been built on the back of a family business. What's that been like? What is it like? You've got family life together. You've got a business together. How do you manage it? And what sort of challenges have you faced on that side of things? Well, it's really bizarre, but my sister and me have worked together for 33 years, and some people can't even make one year, can they? And also, her husband and my husband, and we all work together. So, I mean, people would absolutely laugh at that. But we do different jobs in the business. We do meet at the meetings. And even if we disagree or fall out, because most family members do at times, we don't hold grudges, and it doesn't get passed on. So I think for us, if it's just something to do with business decisions, we don't always see eye to eye on. We put it through our top table and then we make a decision. But at the same time, you know, we never take it further. And also we don't take it into our personal life at all. Even got stresses in work, when we see each other weekend as a family thing, we don't talk about work. And it's not something we decide to do. We just don't do it. That's a great way of managing it. Christy, can I talk about you a little bit more? And you've alluded to it earlier in the conversation. You were recently diagnosed with ADHD, dyslexia and autism and your children too. How has that diagnosis helped you sort of understand what's gone on in terms of your business career as well as your early years? And how much of it has been in your mind a hindrance in terms of your business and and the way in which you've grown the organisation? Well, I think, you know, my children have been struggling at school and my little girl's got ADHD. My little boy's actually got dyspraxia, which I've never heard up till recently. And he has got double dyslexia, which is a different dyslexia to me. And actually, it passes through one of the family. So naturally, when I went to see the doctors, they kept saying, you've got it. I'm like, no, I haven't. And I decided to do all the tests, which naturally, I got diagnosed with all three. And not many people get diagnosed with all three. And they call it the three peaks, which I've never heard of. And the three peaks means if you have one, you're going to really struggle sometimes. But because I've got three, one will counterbalance the other one. So actually, you know, people with dyslexia now, it's cast as a gift. Look at Richard Branson and many other people. You know, it's related to that. But having like three, it does. So at school, I couldn't read. And they sent me for, and I tested the hospital because they said I was blind. But actually, I couldn't read the letters properly because being severely dyslexic. And... The thing is, now I can read really good. And I couldn't understand that when I had the dyslexia test. And she said, it's because I've got a photographic memory and I've memorized every word. So in this test, I had something called alien words, which I never heard of before. And this is words which are made up because otherwise I can trick people. So actually, you know, my reading is exceptional now, but I've just got one of them 
with photographic. So my IQ is 149 on visual and mental processing. So what she said is I can just pull things together really, really quickly. As it goes from my autistic side, I've got a few members of my family which are quite severely autistic. So naturally, when she said I was autistic, I thought, there's no way I'm autistic. But, you know, whatever level you are, and I must be a milder level, you can mask and girls do that very well, which I didn't know and I've read up on it. And basically, as a child, I was very confident. I didn't used to look people in the eyes so much, but I was always very confident, but you can pretend confidence. Now I'm actually really confident. And I think for me, the only thing with autistic girls, they tend to not have too many friends. And if you do have friends, they tend to be male. That's quite a trait, which I have got a lot of my business colleagues and friends are men. Even though I get on with women really well, it's just a thing. But also, I think with the dyslexia and ADHD, I don't class myself hyperactive, but I've got mm. a lot of energy. And what I would say is, when my CFO came on board and he came from a very big company, he said to me, I went home to my wife after my first month and said, I don't know if she stands up every day. And I couldn't understand what he meant. He said, your work ethic and your output is incredible, Christine. And I don't know your body can do that every day. But this is me. This is who I am. And that is my excitable creativity. You know, I'm 53, but I feel 23. And even yesterday, I've designed some amazing products going into market, which I know they're going to be the best ones out there and the best value. And they're really incredibly nice looking. And it really makes me happy because I'm like, me and my buying team and my designers, we've got some great product coming in, which it excites me. Yeah. So actually that sort of neurodivergence, Christy, is a huge positive for you. It's, as you say, part of who you are and all of the positives that come with that are really benefiting you as an individual, but equally the organisation and your company that you're growing. Is that how you see it? Yeah. I mean, I love my children. I drop them off at school, but I joined the PTA about nine months ago and my family like you're mad you know how are you going to fit all that in blah 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 and three months after I joined I think I'd raised 48,000 pounds I did a dog show I had 150 dogs I dressed up as Scooby-Doo you know I'm so on making money I'm just good at it and you know I'm doing a ball at the Midlands of 10 places for underprivileged children and it's close to my heart so We'll raise £50,000 to give 10 places free in a private school. You know, for me, I just love helping and I'm just very, very creative. And it doesn't matter if it's for me or my friends or other people or even when I went to the Women's Day in Manchester, I went to Manchester first. I was helping the lady at SmartWorks for women who've lost jobs by clothes and interviewing technique. I was sat next to her and she was one of the directors of that. And I give her some fantastic ideas to actually help. And I said, I'll help you on the marketing side because that is my thing and I love helping and that's what I do. I don't know how you fit it all in, Christy. That's incredible. I'm not sure there's enough time in the day to be able to do all that, but congratulations to you. And actually, it doesn't go unrecognised, does it? I mean, I just want to talk a little bit about your recent accolades and a belated congratulations on being one of the EOY finalists for the North Region in 2022, which is a fantastic programme, very close to Julius Bear as well. How did you find the programme and how are you finding your time with the alumni and the network of entrepreneurs that you're able to be part of? Oh, I mean, it's the best experience I've ever had. Like-minded people from all different backgrounds. And I met some more incredible people than me. I mean, naturally, you always back yourself and you think you're good at what you do. 
when you meet and you hear some of their stories and what they're achieving, you think, wow. And I think the best thing is the networking aspect, learning of other entrepreneurs. It was really, really incredible. And naturally, I've been to lots of seminars, meetings. I've kept in touch with two or three entrepreneurs who was in the final with me. I think it can go so far. And even when I was at the women's event, I met up with a couple of EY people then. And we networked and we met up in London when we went down there. So I think it's always to an advantage. That's what I'd say to anybody. You need to really go for it if you get the opportunity. But you're a real beacon, aren't you, for women entrepreneurs in particular across the region and as well as across the UK. And congratulations again for being a finalist in the Northern Power Women Awards in Manchester for one of the outstanding entrepreneurs. This sort of thing, is this important to you to be a real inspiration for other women entrepreneurs and business owners that are embarking on a similar journey to you? I mean, people actually nominated me for these, which is really kind of them to do that. I think the only thing with my learning difficulties, to say I have an online company, I don't do emails, I don't do texts, I don't do LinkedIn. So I've got my PA now to help me out on that. So maybe that's held me back. So that is one thing what has held me back with my new or diverse is I've got this big online company, but I don't process that way. I don't do that. And people really try to change me like my sister and my family. And sadly, I'm on that lane and I can't do it. So what I'd say is, if people want to have done these kind of things for me, I probably wouldn't have been noticed or acknowledged. And I would have carried on doing what I just love. So I really thank everybody today for giving me that opportunity. And naturally, with getting help to do that, I'm networking more. And like the Northern Power, incredible. Oh, my God, the networking, the people. I didn't realise. And I met some incredible people doing charity work and everything. And I think for me, where I see myself is I always love to work. And I hope in the next two or three years, I might sell the company. And I want to carry, I never want to stop working because that's me. That's what makes my brain tick. But I'd love to do a lot more charity work with all these outstanding people I keep meeting. I mean, at the moment, I do guest speaking in a lot of schools around Manchester, talking to children about my experience, but actually sharing with them my neurodiverse situation. Because a lot of kids in school are struggling like me, and they believe if you're not a doctor or a surgeon that you can't be anything, but that's not true anymore. So I want to try and give them hope in school and actually say, you know, it's fine, you're a little bit different and you can actually do this because I've done it and we can do this together. And that's what I think these kind of messages and helping with other charities, women charities and children's charities, I think it's important and I need to make more time to do that, really. And you're a perfect example to be able to do that, Christy. So really looking forward to seeing you continue doing that. Just coming back to Online for Baby, what does that look like in terms of next steps? What's the ambitions for the organisation as a whole, Christy, where do you see it going? Well, I've got a good infrastructure now and a solid foundation. We have got a really good business plan for the next three years. We see some special things, but we're in challenging times. So what I would say is the good thing about Online for Baby and the way I am is I adjust very quickly and I adapt. So in the past two years, we've had everything thrown at us more than any other businesses I've ever known it's been horrific so I think for me is I'm ready to adapt at any time so we've got this plan but if we have to tweak it and we have to pivot in another direction because of circumstances the economy or whatever but all I know is online for baby in any recession always does well and 
I think no matter how hard it is at the moment, we will come through and we will succeed. And that is through sheer determination and also being different. I think being different is sometimes good. And I'm always forward thinking on new ideas to make things better and change it up a little bit. And that's a word we never had before COVID, the word pivot, which so many organisations have had to do over the last couple of years. So, Christy, before you go, I mean, there's so much that I think you give back to not only your own community, but also to other business leaders. And as I said, you're a perfect example in so many ways and a great inspiration for others. What would you say is a key piece of advice that you would give to a new business leader who's embarking on a venture or growing an organisation in the way you've done? Well, I think you've always got to back your decisions and back yourself. You have to be confident, always confident. You have to not be scared to change because everybody seems to follow people in businesses, but that's not really the right thing to do. I think if it's possible, try and think outside the box and think differently. And also, you know, don't be scared to surround yourself with the right people. I think learning to trust people and learning to get the new generation of talent through. Because naturally, I'm 53 now, and I feel, like I said, 23. But there's a generation of up-and-coming entrepreneurs and exciting employees out there. And we need to look for that talent and bring in their ideas because everything's changing so fast. I think that's great advice, Christy. And one final word for me. I mean, I think a big thank you, Christy. I've really loved having you on the podcast today. Grateful for your candor, for your advice, and really look forward to speaking to you again, hopefully. Thanks, Christy. Yeah, thank you very much, Alan. And thanks to Julius Burr, because actually they was really supportive of the journey. And I think you're an amazing company. That's all for this edition of Julius Bear's Business Leaders Podcast. Thank you for listening. And please do keep in touch with us on Twitter, LinkedIn, and at juliusbear.com. Bear.com.